Welcome to the Top Lines and Tales weekly podcast, as always, kindly sponsored by Harbro, manufacturers of quality livestock nutrition. Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, and my guest this week will be quite familiar to quite a lot of you, uh, an old mate of mine uh, coming to you live from the Chemgorns, Raymond Irvin. How are you doing, Raymond? Not too bad, Andy. Nice, nice to hear from you. How are you doing yourself? I, I'm doing fine, thanks, Raymond. The last time I saw you, you were hot there, running about in, in your kilt. I've never seen a man judge sheep so fast as uh, as you were down there in Wales. Yeah, well, I, I was dodging in and out the the shady bits, uh, trying to stay out the sun uh, down in Wales. I was uh, I was kind of introduced to to help judge. Uh, a certain sheep down there, so uh-huh. it was well, my pleasure. We'll come on to that in a second, but as I said, you judge your sheep that fast, it's more like a, it was like an Olympic event, the speed you were going around there. I think you were just trying to get it done so you can get back in the bar. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you could be right there. And, that, and, and the breed of sheep that you're with, we'll come on to those in a second, but uh, they wouldn't be like in, in the sun either. It's not, it's not quite their natural climbs, I don't think. No, they're, they're kind of, they're, well, saying that, they, they, they would be used to the sun for sure, but uh, a lot higher up, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They would be an altitude. altitude. Yeah. Well, the fine way you are there up in the Cairngorms, as you said, down there in Wales in that hot cauldron there. Jesus, that was a hot day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they, they, had a, they had a great turnout. It was, uh, it was great to see. Good to see the shows back again. And uh, it is good to see the shows back. You're right. And as I said, we were all mates, just a few cattlemen between us. And uh, here you are now. Uh, I, I thought I'm making my way to fame on the radio. But here you are now, uh, a TV star, uh, uh, Raymond. Uh, a lot of people will know you, of course, from your program uh, when you were on uh, This Farming Life. Yeah, who, who would have thought that? Uh, going back, uh, you know, when we met, what, 20, 30 years ago, maybe more than that, <laughs> uh, Never thought I would be doing what I'm doing now, or have done what I've done now. So, yeah, sure. and, surprised uh, to meet you. And uh, if we go back to those early days, of course, when I knew you it was with your Shirley Cattle, and uh, you'd been in Shirley Cattle a long time, and you probably your old man uh, John would be in there before you. Would he? Would he, Raymond? Let's let's go back to the cattle. And when did you get started with Shirley's? Oh, my my dad started it when he was about nineteen twenty. He left here. Uh, he left up here when he was just a young lad, like, and moved down to Kenilworth. Okay. Uh, and actually, it was some of the f- some of the first uh, Charlies that came into Kenilworth. But my father, he stayed down. He was he, he was he was stopping down there for Kenilworth and Abbey Charlies. It was, uh-huh. and he was there about two years. And he came. He he when he left there, he actually took a couple of years after that. He took one of the first bulls up into the northeast up here. Okay. It was it was a, it was actually it was the first Charlie Bull ever born in the UK, right. and he was about seven eight year old when Dad took him up here. And I think oh you're fine. And you'll have put him across some up there, I suppose, across what some cross suckler cows originally with the early Charlies. He would have done. I think uh, in that time in my my dad's and my granddad's time, it had been a lot of Herefords and Angus they would have had uh, back then. So yeah, yeah. So it'd been one of the first continental kind of bulls into the area. Uh, and they did. Uh, they couldn't believe how well he actually did. Like you know, like, uh, with a wee mark, Tom and Till Mart at the time, which is not there now. Like these wee marts, and I think uh, they didn't know what had hit them with these calves, <laughs> a year old, and they were you know, four fifty, five hundred kilos. Like it was, uh, it was great. As you said, especially out of some Angus and Herefords, because they wouldn't be very big back in those days. No, no, not not at all. You know, you you've been talking about the you know a year a yearling up there for your Herefords and Angus. You know, and they wouldn't they wouldn't have done any creep feed as they do these days. They would have been what three fifty, three hundred kilos or something. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and obviously he saw the potential in Charolais because he went in he went into them uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a pedigree way anyway and uh, did he start buying a few cows? Yeah, well, my dad bought uh, a few cows from uh, the Abbey herd and the Kenilworth herd. Uh, um, he went back and bought a, a couple of cows, two, three cows actually from them. So that's where we actually got started, and Dad started. And I was only, I was only a wee boy. I would have been maybe five or six at the time. So that's where I kind of took it on. Uh huh. Obviously, took an interest in them and uh, and developed the herd up and and very successful herd. Of course, the Inverlochy herd has been and uh, you've I've seen you selling bulls up in the twenty thousands now. So you've uh, you, you you went to the top of the breed. Yeah, I you know I suppose I got introduced quite young and I enjoyed Dad did a bit of the showing and then I took over a little bit of the showing as a as a wee teenager or when I was at school and that and enjoyed you know competing at the old Tom and Till Mart. You know, it was just just a small gathering of farmers in the kind of area and I just loved showing cattle and it gave you a wee boost getting a few prizes but you know the the Charlotte herd itself it's it's grew on since that then since uh, that three cows you know we've we've uh, we're up to about 45 cows now so we're sticking about that and you've been up that that sort of level for a while. As I said, what, what was your top price, uh, Raymond? I do remember you being in Perth with it with a with a decent price. Well, we, oh, we had an amazing time. About uh, it was the Inverlochy Resolve, a homebred bull we kept, and um, I remember my dad was asked to show the bull sales, and we had uh, old Sandy Innes and um, Blelick. They all came in by to see this bull. Uh, young bull, and we were actually going to sell him, but with Dad showing, we decided to keep him. We thought if these uh, top top breeders really like this bull, and maybe he's worth keeping for ourselves. We kept him, and the first bulls off of him, we had uh, five bulls off him, and they averaged uh, um, well, our top top price with two at eighteen thousand, with one at seventeen thousand, one at fifteen thousand, uh, another one at fourteen thousand. That was all at the same bull sales and it was just incredible. What sort of year was yeah. that? That's going back about 20 years now uh, in Verlochy Resolve uh, and that's going back to the, the old market in Perth mm-hmm. uh, but recently well not saying recently about uh, five six years ago we had uh, we did well with uh, Bollinger Sons uh, Bill Mile Bollinger Sons where we're up at uh, 25 and 20,000 so right. and no, it's, it's been really good like. And champion with that bull as well if I remember right were you not? Yeah, we uh, we kind of walked away with everything that day. We had champion and reserve, overall champion and uh, reserve overall uh, that day, and uh, the same with the resolve sons. Before that, we were uh, we had uh, intermediate champion, reserve intermediate champion, and uh, uh, reserve senior champion. So yeah, we've done well. Uh, we've done really well. Who got you so tw- far? So. Who got your twenty five thousand pound bill? That good to go home. Yeah, well, that was uh, Inverlochy uh, Fencer made twenty five thousand. He was actually the reserve that day, and he went, he went, he went to Kersh now. Okay. And they've done really, really well. I think a lot of their good, good cows that are off them are breeding well now. So, it's, uh, not really good. It's satisfactory when they go to a good home and then some stock come back off it, and you probably end up buying a buying a bull back from there at some stage, I guess. Yeah, it's it, it's great to see your, your stock going on. Um, and doing really well, uh, no, 100%, and especially with some of these well-known breeds, you know, you, you've got some of these big hairs like Kirsten, who's been in it for years, you know, it, it's good to see the, um, them continuing, you know, we're losing a lot of these uh, old, old herds mm-hmm. uh, now, you know, you see them dispersing out now, it's, which is a shame, really, because a lot of good cows through all that.
that I heard. Certainly, with some good good cattle always came from Curzonow anyway. And and uh, and you said about the shows, and of course the Highland Show would be your stomping ground as well. And and uh, hey, just not just for the cattle, but for the skate as well. You and I have been up to, to mischief there before now. And uh, have you done well at the Highland? Uh, yeah, through the years, quite consistent with the Highland. You know, we're we're, we're always looked to be. You know, we try and bring out something to support the local or national local kind of big show. Um, you know, and I think we we do all right. Um, we've got good stock here, and it shows in the show ring. You know, we pick up our firsts, and you know, at the Highland Show, we've had we've had uh, um, champion of the breed quite a few times, reserve champion, quite many many firsts. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's 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 uh, it's it's a, for me, it's a holiday. Sure. It's good to get away. It's good to catch up with people. It's <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I maybe treat. Maybe too much like a holiday. <laughs> nah, you're, you're a man that needs a holiday the same as us all because you work hard and we'll come on to what else you do in a second. But I remember this year at the Highland that you had a good big heifer there, a big long legged, long legged heifer. I saw there on the washer. How, how did she go on? Because she was huge. And would that have been my young cow? A young cow there, she was actually for a Charlie, which was quite good. She was under three year old, calf, calfed about two and a half year old, and she was a big power. Power a heifer. She did. She did really well. She was first in her class, but she was just she was just young enough for for the for the cow. You know the cow class sure. mature. She's just she'll be a good cow in two years time. I think for the for the older class. But she she yeah she she's some cow right head on her good walker. And I crack and we calf aside her like so. No, she did really, really well. And and what are you thinking of the the Cheryls these days now? Some of them they were criticised, I suppose, maybe five or six years ago for getting them a bit too big and a bit too hard. There is, is, is uh, they need the big cattle in the north. So the Aberdeenshire boys like them huge, don't they? Are you thinking they get a bit big now? Um, I don't know. I, I think we're we're kind of pushed. I, I don't agree with the figures the way they're, they're pushing the figures, but. I think with the the more more younger farmer, it's what they're looking for. So we are getting pushed that way towards figures. Our cows here don't have the best of figures because we bought bulls um, on the eye, like Bullmile Bollinger, um, Lochend Apache, which is you know this is a top commercial man's uh, uh, cattle, and you know we 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 like to sell commercial kind of cattle to the commercial man but now they're looking at figures is making the job for for me you know we've got to look at what the young young guys and young farmers are wanting to do these days and i think they, they look a little bit more to the figures and making things easier carved which uh, which i think is right um and i think now with the charlie breed we have took out most of the the harder carving bulls and we're not using them anymore but I think there's a, a mediocre, you know, middle of the road. You've got to use your eye. For me, I, I'll use my eye, you know, um, uh, 60%, 40% in figures now. I'm kind of got pushed that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it is difficult. You've got to balance, you know, all these things now to think about what, what you need to be getting, you know, to breed good Charlie's pedigree bulls now. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Indeed, and as you said, the figures are a bit of a mishmash sometimes, aren't they? Some people believe them, and some people don't, and sometimes they're easy disproved as well with the, with the carving. But it's it, it's a it's a means to an end that we've got to get down that road. Did, and, and do you run other cattle there on the farm as well as well as the Sherrys? You run some sucklers there on the hill. Well, we've got two farms here. I tend on uh, Mains and Varuri here uh, about twenty years ago, and we moved all the Charlotte cows. We've got forty five Charlotte cows down here. 
I, up at my dad's at Inverlochy Farm, we have 50 uh, commercial cows, mm. and they run between cemental cows and uh, Solaire cows, sure. and we put the Charlie Bull onto them. Uh, but just recently, I've actually just bought um, 20 Ling Cross Sims, which are, you know, my idea is to keep them out in the hill, um, you know, less work for them, less management, and put the, you know, limousine for a start onto them, and then the Charlie Bull onto them after. Uh-huh. Uh, less work and less feed, so... Certainly the Ling Cow is making its mark as a hill cow now, isn't it? For all they've been around a while, a lot of people are starting to notice them now. And with, as you said, with less work and less feed and less labour, the, the Ling's coming into its own up on the higher ground. Yeah, I, th- I think there, there's more of this happening. Uh, you know, your Ling and, you know, this outwinter cow, there, there's more. You know, we're looking at the the results and uh, things coming back. Uh, you know, I could I could keep now two Ling Sim Coos uh, out in the out in the hell for the same price of keeping one you know big sim coup or big limousine coup or, or even a big charlie cross coup mm-hmm. inside and have two calves mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's, it's going to be less work so Come. i think there's more of the young farmers kind of looking at that as well nowadays Come, comes down to profit at the end of the day doesn't it? it's about what you what you produce out the gate not the biggest ones to get Exactly, exactly. Well, 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 well. <laughs> didn't get me wrong. You know, I would love to breed the biggest uh, commercial calf at the, the the shows and the sales and the heaviest weight gain calf for its age and all. I would all love to do that. But then we've got to think of how much how much feed you're putting into them and the feed into the mother and you know we've got to take all that into consideration now as well. Cost I think feed. nowadays cost of feed, of course, is driving that a little bit further, a bit faster, maybe. Yeah, cost of feed nowadays is unbelievable. We I was actually just talking about it with the missus there, you know, the other day. I says, you know, we can't go on. You know, how do we do this this pedigree job nowadays with with bull feeds up at you know four fifty and five hundred pound nearly a ton? It's it's to us, it's it's not worth it. It's getting you know, you know, we need to think, you know, is there another way, an easier way to do it, a cheaper way to do it, but. Right, well, Raymond, of course, we've talked about the cattle, but a lot more people will know you more recently anyway for the Valley Black Nose Sheep, and that's been a hell of a story. Uh, you best start at the beginning with this. I think a lot of people will be interested in, 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 in this breed of sheep. Um, it's, been, it's been good to you, Raymond. Let's, let's, let's see, how did you get started with these? You're going to, you know, we're talking about the sheep breed here, and it's funny because I was never a fan of the sheep. So, yeah. Uh, God, it's, it is a very long story, and how I started was I met a lassie. This is the truth. You you don't believe this. I met a lassie um, called Jenny McAllister on the the internet. So she had moved up here, and um, uh, she 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 actually showed me a picture. One picture. There was no pictures of these sheep. This certain sheep, uh, and she showed me a picture, and I goes, "What the bloody hell is that like?" And she's like, oh, that's a, that's a Valley Blanos. I said, I've never seen that. It's not real. And, I, and then I thought, right, okay, if I need to keep this lassie here, we need to, <laughs> I need to try and get get her interested to stay here. So we, we actually did a bit of research trying to find out where these sheep from, and they were called Valley Blanos, uh, they were. And I actually, on Facebook, uh, we couldn't find anywhere or the internet who had them i tried to contact people had nothing so went on to, to facebook and i actually was going through people's well I fi- actually i find it found out they were in switzerland mm-hmm. so i was going through swiss people's facebook accounts looking at pictures 
to see if I could find these sheep. And anybody who had a picture of this sheep on their profile, I was messaging them. But, you know, it wasn't, I had to translate it. So I had to Google translate it and send it. And luckily enough, one person answered us and said, oh, we have this sheep. And I said, right, great. And started to get a conversation going. And we found out there was a show over there. So we said, right, Jenny, let's, let's just uh, get on the plane, go over to this show and, you know, uh, introduce ourselves to some of these breeders uh, and this was about March 2014 I think it was um, so we we did that, we jumped on the plane over we went, we, we were lucky enough to meet one of the top breeders who was actually winning that day um, and we said to him, you know, what's the chance of us maybe bringing back a few and they were saying, yeah, let, let's try and do that and uh, you know, Jenny did a lot of paperwork um, we managed to select 13 Valley Blacknose right. and after about two, three months we actually, you know <laughs> they arrived up in Stirling they did uh, so yeah and uh, they, they actually the funny thing again here, uh, they got off the 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 float where the drinkers actually I didn't think were working very well and we stopped at Andrew Hornell's right. <laughs> with a sheep and he couldn't believe it. I said, is uh, Andrew any chance of us uh, getting uh, some water from you to give this sheep? And he was like, what? The? And he was like swearing like, what are these damn things? <laughs> like, you, you, I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, And I didn't know, we didn't really know what we had either. We never bought these for business. It was only for a bit of pleasure for, you know, me and uh, my now fiance, like, uh, who's still here? <laughs> That's, good. <laughs> that's uh, a, a good tale. <laughs> buy, buy, some, buy some sheep to keep the, to, get, to get a wife. That's, that's probably not the first time that's been done, yeah. to be fair, Raymond, but it's a good, <laughs> it's a good story. And, and you, you'd be bringing in then, what would they be, lambs you'd be bringing in, or gamers, or, or tops or what? We, 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 you know, over there, um, it's just a certain area that has them over there, and they're like one of the family over there. They will not part with our good ones. You've got to really become friends with them over there to get something really good. Mm-hmm. And we were actually lucky enough to get uh, two or three of the top ones over there because uh, the guy over there was losing them with the wolf. And he had this favourite of his, which uh, oh, she was a cracking yow, called Mimi it was. Um, and we got her actually over, and the reason was because he was worried that the wolf was going to kill her. Right, okay. And they have a big they have a big problem over there in the Alps, mm-hmm. uh, in Switzerland, with the wolf, like so. So we're talking about the Swiss Alps here, aren't we? So are, are we talking high? Do they go up to the snow line and above the, 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 that breed? Yeah, they they they'll go right to the top. Um, there was one part we went back and we went we returned in September to help them take them off the mountain, which is an, an experience in its own. I couldn't believe it. There was uh, and we they actually had a, an electric fence, a ten kilometers electric fence, uh, round the top of this mountain, and you you know. I was uh, I was crapping myself because it was so high up, <laughs> uh, uh, but and they have a shepherd up there to watch them, right. uh, and the electric fence up there is to stop the wolves coming, okay, uh, and you know killing them in the night. And I remember walking up one side of the mountain, uh, and I was rolling in one of the wires, and the old Swiss boy who couldn't speak a lot of. Uh, English, he was rolling up beside me. He overtook me. And I'm like, God almighty. And I sat down with him and I goes, uh, 
I says, you're, you're, you're quite fit. Like, I says, uh, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 74 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. The air must be a lot different out there compared to here. Probably not taking as much drink as you, Raymond. Maybe that's it, the both of us for that matter. But uh, no, they, it'll be thin, the air up there. Yeah. I, I've skied up at that height. And obviously, when you get up there, the, the air is thin. You can barely bloody breathe up there, can you? Yeah, well, they will be they will be three to 4,000 metres yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, some of the parts, some of that sheep are up there, mm-hmm. but they do so well. Uh, it's unbelievable, you know, that the the neck at some of that lambs come back down off the mountain and mm-hmm. just tremendous, like. And they'll bring them down for the winter, obviously, but probably not down into the valleys. They'll just bring them down to the snow line, I guess. I've seen the they have the little huts. And yeah, they t- they'll take them. Yeah, they they'll uh, they go up there about end of May, I think. They put them out. Um, it's kind of probably a bit like common grazing a little bit out there. Um, but they've got little flocks out there. There's no big flocks out there. They've all kind of got maybe 20 and 30 sheep each. Mm-hmm. And they're not really farmers. They've got their own their own day-to-day jobs. This is just a part a hobby, really, for, for some of them out there. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Will there, will there be many other sheep running up to that, that height? Or any other sheep that can live at that, at that height up there? Or are they just the only ones up there, on the, on, lonely up there on that hill? Actually, out in that hill, it's just them. Mm-hmm. It's just them they have out there. Uh, there is one or two other kind of breeds. There's a goat as well. I can add the black, the black and white goat they have out there, uh, and some of the crossbreds they have out there. But mostly valley black nose, black nose in that area. Okay, and uh, no cattle up there. I don't suppose that's Simital country there, isn't it? Really? It's uh, the, the 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 lad that we got the the. The sheep off. He actually milks semi cows, mm-hmm. um, which was, was was really good to see. Uh, he's got a buyer the old fashioned way, and he he's got the wee milk machine and goes round them. He even goes up in the summer. They go up onto the Alps and milks the semi cows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, up in the Alps, like it's it's just so extraordinary. Like the milking parlour at four thousand meters, where that's <laughs> it'll take a while for the tanker to get up there and fetch it. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. And and Raymond, they've been a phenomenal success story for you. As you said, you didn't do it for a business to start with, but obviously, a little bit of advertising, and you got people clambering at your door to to buy these sheep off you. And uh, and I probably well, I will say that uh, for a fair profit, I would think Raymond, they've been a bit of a cash machine for you. Yeah, well, we got them back. We were the second one to actually get them back into the UK. Someone got them in down south um, a few weeks before us, and us not knowing really what we had out of interest, they were actually trying to sell some. So I emailed them uh, just to see what the crack was, just to see, you know, what what have we got, what, what are they actually, you know, worth. And they came out, they had a package deal of four ewes and a tup uh, for 25 grand each. And they were they were selling them at that. And they were going, you know, left, right and centre. You know, a ewe, a ewe was easy four or five grand. Really? And I'm, I went back through the house and told Jenny, you see what we've got here? <laughs> she couldn't believe it either. So, so what we did, we says, right, if that's the price of them, I says, well, you know, and there seems to be so much interest. Uh, why don't we go back over and get some more? So, so we did. Uh, a few months later, we we went back over and says, "Can we, can we please have another twenty five or something?" I think it was 20, 27, I think we came back with the second time. <laughs> and were they easy to get in the country? There's problems with MV and that sort of thing. Is they're all clear of that? Were they fairly straightforward to import? Uh, the, well, this is the this was. 
very, very, very strange thing. We had a lot of work trying to get them in. They tested them all over there. Um, the problem is that time they never tested for scrapey or anything like that. Okay. So I think that's why it was easier at that time to get them in. And that's the problem now. We realised they were going to um, shut the door and they had to be scrapey tested. They have to be group ones, which none of them in Switzerland are. They don't do anything like that. So that that was our opportunity to go out and buy another 27. Well, we came back with 27 um, before, you know, they put this rule in where they've got to be MV and they've got to be um, scrapey, scrapey. Um, Group one. Yeah. Scrapey Gino one. Yeah, and, and as they are now, of course, to, to put them into Ireland and various places, of course, you've got to have got to have those. Do you run them as, M, as an yeah. M, Do you run them as an MV flock? We don't run them as an M. We test them every year for MV. Um, I think there was a bit of problem with ones coming in from Switzerland, which had MV and uh, which had to be slaughtered and that. But uh, we test every year to make sure everything's okay. Because well, we, ha- we have uh, other sheep. We have a thousand uh, Cheviots and Blackies. So it would mean us probably you know, testing the whole flock for MV, sure. which would cost costly. It would be, mm-hmm. it would be too costly. But you certainly ruled that you, you've ironed out the MV out of them anyway for the, certainly the ones, the ones that you've got. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So we go around every year. We, we take blood test them every year, make sure the free MV, uh, you know, if there is anything comes in then that gets slaughtered, uh, you, you don't want any of that starting up anything. So, mm-hmm. and, and have you yeah, got best them, to be safe and sorry. Have you got them all, all genotype ones? No. Uh, well, we we take we got them in before uh, they made that rule. So most hours now uh, are actually genotype three. Mm-hmm. So um, which I feel is a better better type of sheep. Uh, the Swiss sheep, the true Swiss sheep, is genotype uh, three. There was group ones coming in from from Holland, which we 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 also bought them as well, which can be exported mm-hmm. um, around the world. Uh, which I thought was a good way to go. And we did do that for a start. We exported to um, Sweden. We exported to Hungary. Um, where else? Norway. Um, a lot of that. So uh, so the Gino, that's the great thing about your, your, your group ones. Um, they can be exported. You're right, and, and, and there is a, a slight uh, antagonism really between, or it used to be, I remember when the, the Texels brought the scrapey genotyping in there and all the best sheep were Group 3s, you know, the, the, the Group 1s were bad ones, and it took a long time to get the get the Texel world or most of the sheep, pedigree sheep world up into that, that Group 1. It's a bit of yeah. throwing, throwing the baby out with the bathwater a little bit, but I suppose you'd have people clambering for them, and obviously, as you said, you you advertised them and, and people started coming coming to your door, and did you organise a sale, or how did you, how did you control the... The amount of people that were that were after them. The, the funny thing is, uh, I we started a, a Facebook page, and it's Valley Black New Sheep Scotland, and I put a video up on it um, with us out on one of that Alps where we tame we tame the sheep off that mountain with the electric fence, <laughs> and it got over four or five million views, <laughs> and our 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 yeah our our followers went from. 1,000 to 70,000 just, just kind of over two days. It was uh, incredible. And the amount of the messages, I couldn't keep up with the messages that was coming in from Facebook and people who'd never heard of these sheep, seen these sheep. And that's where the advertising came for a start. That that was the boost for us. 70,000 followers on our page. You know, <laughs> it's probably one of the bigger 
livestock pages uh, followers in the UK. I, yes. I, I would think I've not seen many more bigger. So we've you're near, about near Bursley, but Raymond breaks the internet. Maybe you're about near, about near that near that level. Yeah. It's, a, it, it's phenomenal, really. And then, did you set up a breed society, or did your other guys set up? Is there a breed society? How does it work? Yeah. So the the breed we had we had two breed societies. Um, you know, like you know, get a new breed in. I think it's happened with a, is it a Dutch boys or, the, Belt- or Belt- the, Belt- the blue Dutch chef, yeah. the Belter. It, it it always happens, and it was the same here. There was a south one. There was a north uh, breed society, but we've joined forces now, and we're one society, which is the the you know the best thing we've ever done you know we maybe should have done it earlier and uh, work together you're, you're always better working together and sure. um, so yeah i'm i'm actually joint chairman of the the valley blackness breed society now okay uh, in the uk so let's look at, uh, at numbers raymond and roughly how many breeders are there right now I mean, we're winding forward now 10 years yeah. eight years how many how many breeders and how many sheep are there in, yeah. in the uk now well <laughs> I was just looking back on the records uh, yesterday. So we've got about 800 members on the Valley Black Nose Society now. Wow. Who has the sheep? 800, 800 members. And we have, I think we're up to nearly 5,000 sheep in the UK. Okay. Wow. That 800 members is so a lot. Good, that's, the that, numbers that, that, that's a big breed society by any standards. You, they, certainly you'll be near the top of the numbers. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. You know, uh, you know and I, I know a lot of people, you know, the. the they, they talk about this breed as, uh, you know, it's just for the people with a lot of money and so-so. Not really. I, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, everybody loves these sheep, you know. Um, you, you see the sheep. The, the the nature of these sheep is unbelievable. Uh, you know, what, why not have one of these as a pet? Or, you know, and th- there's, there's more to these, actually, Um, um if you ask me another question about the meat. I'm going to ask you that right now, to be fair, because it's up to you now. You're, you've got the floor here, so you can sell these on. But obviously the wool yeah. the wool is, is a, I suppose it's akin to an Angora type of wool, isn't it? So the wool must be, is it valuable? Because wool's worth nothing in most sheep these days. So is it a valuable wool or does it just look nice? Uh, the wool, to be honest, uh, Andy, it, it's the same as the rest of the wool in the UK. It, because it was rare, the breed was rare. Everybody wanted to get their hands on it. It is a nice wool for um, for felting and carpets and out, outerwear and that. But it is it is quite a coarse wool. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we we were getting twenty five pound a fleece, and we've got to remember we clip these these sheep have to be clipped twice a year. So that's fifty quid we were you know we were getting off them for a start, <laughs> which is there's no many sheep can claim that they can do that it, it's it's dropped down now a little bit i think there is there's still people selling them for that but ours just just, just goes to the rule board now it, it you know the lambs fleece is lovely you've got to shear the lambs at six months old right. uh, or they get too matted so mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and there will be a fair bit of grooming to do at, at the shows i i was part I, I was in the line with my few rylands who do have good wool by the way <laughs> my rylands uh in the next alley to you at the highland show and uh i was thankful you were there because everybody went down your row instead of cluttering up cluttering up mines that i sit quietly and have a beer but uh there's a lot of interest but there's a lot of work i watched you guys at it there's a lot of work going into dressing these things as well um the interest is phenomenal phenomenal uh the highland show and every year that we've had them there at the Highland Show. Well, 
this year was the first time at the Highland Show. But the 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 row the row, as you say, was packed out every time. I couldn't even get in to see my sheep at times. You know, I just had to go sit back sit back with a pint and uh, the side and just watch watch them go by. They take a bit of dressing, a bit yeah. of grooming. The dressing of them is actually all done before the show. Uh, you know, if you can prepare your sheep right at, before the show, then they should look good on the day. There's not a lot to be done. You don't do nothing with the fleece itself. Really, is spend a bit of time on the legs and the head and get because their wool grows so much under their chin and the top of their head and their legs. You've got to get all that knots out uh, and get it. Um, you know, it just kind of work at the knots and uh, hot water, soap, and try and get all that knots out really beforehand. And then the day of the sale, make sure there's no straw on them. Really, say, yeah. you know, but you don't want to brush. The, the fleece you want to have leave it all as natural as you can and and they are very white you show you show the wool very white that's because you're they're washed out but i assume it's a natural it's a beautifully uh white fleece they come it's amazing how white they, they do come out uh when they're prepared right yes take a bit of keeping clean as well i'd imagine but that's uh yeah that's all part and parcel of the job and raymond you, you said that as you yeah said, yeah as you said the highland show it was your first time with classes there and there were classes down at the royal which fact there's been classes everywhere just now and that will be a lot of that'll be down to yourself i guess and the work that you've done with the society to get these classes in and and, and you're now judge number one so uh uh you'll be a busy man in the next year or two it, it's uh we're getting classes i think we having a bit of a rest with the covid i think you know it's uh the sheep numbers has built up um, with the Valley Black Nose and a lot of the big shows are realising, you know, we need these sheep at the shows. It is, they are crowd pullers and it's, you know, it's for really for anybody, uh, not just the, the farmer, it's for, you know, you know, even even townies come in and they'll, they'll have a look at it, look at the people who don't have these sheep, just want to see these sheep, be around the sheep, uh, see what's going on, you know, they follow the sheep. And the interest is is amazing, you know. And as you've noticed, you know, as you say, the the Welsh, the Highland, the Yorkshire, all these top shows now are wanting these sheep there, which is it's great for the breed. Uh, and I think it'll it'll grow and grow. Yeah, and it's it's good good for yourself too. And as I said, you are the judge here, and I watched you judging the other day. As I said at the top of this program, that uh, you're going a hell of a speed because it was hot there. But what do you judge? What should be looking for? What's underneath this wool, and what should you be looking? These people be looking for the ones that are buying in. There's, there's got to be good ones and bad ones in every breed. Although you'll say you've got all the best ones. Um, what what should you be looking for? What should you be looking for as a judge? For me, you know, it's like every other breed. You you've got to have. You know, I must admit they're they're not the they don't carry the fat as a lot of other breeds. We've got to remember these are a lean, they're a mountain breed, they're a lean breed. They don't carry fat on them. Uh, so you, you you need to have a body there as well. You need they need to be good in the legs, uh, real good head to them, show themselves well, walk well. The other thing important. I know everybody talks about the, the black spots and the black knees and, the, you know, that that is essential. Um, but you need to have the wool as well right down the legs. It's about having the same length of wool on the body as you have in the legs and the head. And it is, I think, it's, it's an easy way you can pick some of them out. There's a lot of sheep maybe don't have the, the wool on the legs or the heads or they're looking... Uh, they, they just don't look like a valley black nose. Okay. It's like another, yeah, 
they're just not so good that one sure. uh, for me it's you know you you it's the the whole package you you know uh, everything that's the carcass um and the the wool especially as well the the length of wool all over Really? Certainly, the one I saw you put put up at the Highland and in, in, uh, the the Welsh rather, and the class that you judged there looked like it had got a bit of confirmation about it as well. And I'm sure you've got to try and keep that in mind because, yeah, much as people don't like to hear this, people still uh, they still got to eat some of them, surely. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the it's actually the, the the best class down at the Welsh was the the three gimmers. The what what a line of uh, three gimmers I've never seen. They were so even. But the, the one at the top that I gave the champion to, she just had a bit more uh, power to her and width. And, uh, you know, a great mover, you know, all over very good. The, the three of them were tremendous, actually. They, they stood a mile. And and you won the Highland show. Well done for your first uh, for the first show that's there. And he probably we would go so far as to say you've probably got the best Valley Black Nose in the country. But there'll be a few people chasing your your shirt tails as well. And what sort of money are we looking at? I mean, you're going into the sales this autumn. What sort of money have you been up to uh, with, with 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 Rams and, and use this this last couple of years? Uh, well, the price of these has been uh, really good. I think overall, and on average, the price of the Valley Black Noses, everybody will see. A lot of people can't buy them because the average price of these for a gimmer would be uh, three, four thousand easy. And lambs are between two and three thousand. Um, I think there's going to take a step back a wee bit, but not much because I think it's like every other breed. You're going to get good ones. You're going to get bad ones. The good ones are going to make a really a lot of money. And I think with the with the, the breeders that are in it, it's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. The, the price of these. Um, but we we've we've been up uh, there in um, Black Nose Beauties, which is again coming up this um, uh, this August. But last year we were up at eleven thousand with a gimmer. Uh, she was champion at the Black Nose Beauties, and her, her Ram, her Sherland Ram, was up at nine thousand. So, uh, really good. I think the top end is going to be tremendous, and and just carry on like. Well, if you've got eight hundred members, there's got to be people out there looking for Rams by now as well. That must be you must be starting to get because to start with, of course, it would be all females. But there must be people now looking for a Ram if they want to make the, a good Ram. If they're going to make the a good Ram, as you know, is half your flock. If they're going to make the job right, they, the the Rams will be starting to get in mm-hmm. demand. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, this year we've actually I've I've got about eleven. <laughs> Here's getting I'm getting my wee bit in here. I've got eleven <laughs> shearlings to sell, so uh, it's my wee advertising. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, definitely. Uh, we've got a lot of good breeding females here, uh, um, and I think people now they need to look for good rams. You know, it's like a bull. You know, it's it's your other half of the. The herd, you know, your ram is the other half of your uh, your flock. So if you've got a, if you want to breed good stuff and get good money for for your offspring, then you need to buy look at buying good pedigreed mm-hmm. uh, sheep uh, to carry that on. You know, improve it. You don't want to go the the other way, really. If, you know, so so look out for for good stock. And you'll be in an advisory role, almost a fatherhood role in, in this um, in this breed, being in there that early, and I know there was one or two of you, but uh, you must be coming, having people coming to you for advice all the time and sort of asking you what you need in it. Uh, it's become a full-time job, I think, uh, for you, Raymond. Yeah, not, you know, the amount of people, when we first did this, so when we first advertised that we had these, I had uh, two or three busfuls of people turning up from America and jumping out, jumping out their bus and running over and shouting my name, and I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> Only <laughs> the police, usually for a payment or something. But... 
<laughs> but uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, the, we, I get a lot of messages, a lot of phone calls. Uh, not just in this country, uh, America, New Zealand, all over the world. New people are asking for some advice on these. You know, I, I try and give the best as I can. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm not perfect, but you know what the knowledgement I, I do know. Uh, I try and help them out. Sure. Um, but you know, it, it, but it, it's it's great to see. Um, you know, not just this. You know, we got them in this country, but now because we got them in this country and advertised in this country, they've moved on to you know um, New Zealand and uh, well America now as well. Mm-hmm. And you'll be obviously to grow your with that sort of money you can afford to do it to grow the flock. You will have been using embryo transfer, I guess. And how's that worked out for you? We we actually to get the flock a bit bigger, we decided to go down the embryo transfer side of it and uh, breed with our, our really good use and we did that to establish our flock to to the, the quality use that we we wanted here and then after that we actually did the uh, embryo transfer and sent a lot of embryos over to new zealand because they they were they were really there was the only way they could get that breed and they uh that was good for a start and then we realized well we thought well why are they doing that so and we realized, well, they're planning selling to America. So we've decided to, well, why don't we build a flock in New Zealand? So we now have a flock of 20 Valley Black Noses in New Zealand. Okay, which you're, well. you're flushing down there and selling them into America, I guess. Well, we, we've actually teamed up with somebody in America uh, at the moment, and we have, we, we have flushed the ewes, and there is 70 embryos heading to uh, USA. Um, I think next month, and then that ewes and taps that are in New Zealand will be shipped over. I think next year to New York, right. and uh, there's there's a there's a shed being built at the moment for for our sheep over in America. <laughs> It's some story, Raymond, it really is. And of course, one of the things that will have helped you, and I'm sure you'll admit this yourself, is that I mentioned at the start that uh, you got yourself on TV on the on the uh, This Farming Life and a brilliant program that's been, I think, by the time you got onto it, it was maybe Series 3 or 4, but uh, that will have given you a little, yeah. bit, a little bit of a lift. And with Elfie, I mean, who couldn't love Elfie? She was just gorgeous and great TV, and that's <laughs> got to help you out a big time. Yeah, who, who would have believed that? God, I say it's crazy. My dad can't even believe it either. Like he still curses me at this moment because, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you don't you don't actually don't realise what's being filmed until you see it on the television. Uh, and I actually have to admit the banter between me and father, it's actually exactly the way that you see it on the TV. You know, we're always having a go at each other, but then we're speaking to each other five minutes later. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 been great that the amount of um, the publicity was amazing. Uh, I have to admit, for my Charlies and the the, the sheep as well, uh, it boosted them. They actually, to be honest, I think the sheep were up an extra thousand pound. Um, not not just for me, but uh, I actually think I was selling them too cheap. It was uh, more the ones down south. I couldn't believe what they were selling them for down there, but it was all through that program. <laughs> it was little Elfie. So. And we we spoke to one or two people on on this podcast before who were on on this farming life. And how intrusive is that to have the camera crews just turning up there and being there two or three days? And uh, it's not just one camera. I imagine there's four or five of them turning up on a regular basis in the snow and the bad weather. It, it's and, and you need to get on and do work. Was it was it a problem, or did you just take it in your stride? Well, they came to us for a start, and I says, well. They said what they wanted to do. I says, well, well, that'll be, that'll be all right. And I said, 
I says, but we're not doing any retakes. I says, you see it the way it is. And there was only one camera, actually, uh-huh. uh, that was filming us with two, two people there. And they would phone us up and say, what have you got on? I says, well, we'll be doing this. They says, can we come out? So they'd come out for two days and film something. Uh, not that my dad, when I told my dad that for a start, he was like, oh, he was swearing. He wasn't even going to speak to me. He wasn't even going to come near a camera. And he didn't for the first time. But yeah, by the end of the few weeks and they've been coming, he'd be, oh, he was, he couldn't get him away from it. Like he loved it. Like actually deep down. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. And um, you actually ended up doing two series, I think, didn't you, Raymond? They came back to you a second time, didn't they? They came back. Um, we were going to do start the second series. We were a month into it. Uh, but uh, my mother sadly she passed away okay. um so we yeah we we kind of had to say no it just wasn't right at the right time sure, so sure, sure. um but we 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 enjoyed we enjoyed what we did the, the year before everything you know it, it was good fun that- it was good fun and the did stay the camera did stay out of the road you know well some of the time <laughs> <laughs> but as i said there'll be there'd be two or three of them there and and, and in the way sometimes it must be you'd have to make a, a big decision and take a big 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 chunk out of your out of your year to, to make sure that you keep them right yeah you, you imagine you know when you when you're working with cattle or sheep and they see strange people you know it doesn't quite go to plan you know especially trying to move cattle and you've got a camera standing in the road and you're actually swearing at them, you know, trying to swear at them <laughs> to get them bloody out the road. <laughs> well, a, a bit like me with this yeah. podcast, there'll be an edit button, so I'd imagine some of that will get will get taken out, but as you said, they, they'd be, it, it, it must it must have been awkward. Yeah, a lot of the, the, yeah the, it's funny that the amount of people that turn around and say, God, I can't believe you didn't swear, and I say, oh, well, we did swear, we were swearing all right, they've just edited it out. <laughs> It did. Uh, it did make good television, and on that score, really, there's. I mean, they're looking for people again now. Would you recommend folks give it a go? And have, you basically got to not take yourself too seriously, I guess, to, to make good television. As you said, you've got to enjoy it, really. But it's it, it, with other people looking to go in there. Would you say no? I wouldn't do that again. Uh, I wouldn't say no. I I would probably do it again. I, I quite enjoyed. Uh, and as I say, it was advertising for the. You know, as long as it's getting. As long as you're advertising for the right thing and it's for farming, I think that's the way to go. And that's what we kind of really need to be pushing more, you know, about our sheep, you know, what's getting grown in this country. That's what I believe in, you know, and I think we, we all need to be trying to push more our beef and our meat and our pork and milk and everything. And You know, we need more of that on the television, mm-hmm. you know, and how hard it is how hard it is to produce all this stuff at the end of the day. You're totally right. And that program did do that. It, we all felt that it was a what's and all look at the, at the, at the farming compared to the um, cotton wool way that, that the, the likes of Country File and these other programs sort of uh, wrap it up and, and trying to go down the, you know, the ecology route and, 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 yeah. the, and the other animals. It, you, did get, you, you could smell the shit on that program, really. You could. Yeah, well, that's the great thing about your farming life. You were following... Um, day-to-day farmers you know you've seen you know you've seen what happened in their farm uh, every farmer likes to know what every every other farmer's up to or you know there's little tricks in this you know it, it's same it's the same when you're driving to the motorway you know if you're a farmer you do nothing but look at other farms <laughs> farm fields and farm coos all the way down the road but the missus is shouting to me would you keep your eye on the road you know it's 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 just the way of life you know you you want to know what everybody else is doing and i think it's a great 
a great program. I've got a, th- you know, got and a, they just have so many. Yeah, I've got a theory that uh, the reason farmers drive four wheel drives is so they can see over the hedges at other farmers. Nothing to do with getting stuck in the field at all. <laughs> Thank you, right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and, and as I said, Elfie, there with everybody, I want to know: is she still on the go, or did you sell her for like ten thousand pound and cash her in, or, she, or does she belong to the BBC now? Oh God. We, Alfie, you know, the amount of people that come and ask me, oh, you're, you're the boy that has Alfie. I go, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit so. Uh, and they all think it was Alfie. And I think it's just the way I spoke on TV or whatever. But Alfie was a girl. And we do still have Alfie. And Alfie's, Alfie's had three lambs now. So, oh, But yeah, no, we still got Alfie. And we, we were at the Highland Show with Alfie. And we did selfie with Alfie. And it was so popular. Yeah, I think. So, so popular. Not just the Highland Show. I think she's been. You've been a bit of a celebrity rounding about the place with Elfie there. And, and again, that's brilliant. It's bringing people, getting people interested in farming. And, and as people know, when they talk to you, you'll get they'll get told what's and all. Not just about it's not just about a few fluffy ones and a, and a bit of money. It's about uh, it's about promoting farming. I think that's a great thing. Exactly. I think you know it, it's what we grow. I know these are Swiss sheep, but now you know we kind of class them as uh, you know the Scottish sheep. British sheep they are now, so uh, yeah, it's about promoting what 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 we have here in Britain, so in the UK, uh, which is I think we have to push a lot more uh, nowadays because you know there's so much of this importing of this foreign beef and foreign foreign meats and that you know we need to look at what what we have in this country. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Raymond, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of uh, um, resistance to, of course, as growing meat with the vegan lobbies and what have you. But I think we've got to. It's up to farmers themselves to to get out there and promote. And uh, Raymond, you certainly are a self promoter, if if nothing else. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if I'm speaking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. And just remind me again when the sale would be and how can people get hold of some of these Valley Black Nose if they need to. Without just you know, can they turn up and and uh, and just have a look and you give them a bit of advice. Where, where's the sale at? Our society, a big society sale is down at Carlisle, and it's the third weekend of August, which is uh, next month. Uh, I think it's the 18th and 19th, I think, of August, if I can mind right. We have, I think it's a record record uh, amount of sheep there, which will be about 240, wow. with about 100, and, about 100 for sale. So if you're, if you're keen on, you know, looking at these sheep, and buying something, or if you want any advice, you know, come down there. Um, also, drop me a note. I suppose uh, I, I know it doesn't cost nothing to uh, chat back. Uh, quite happy to chat to Emily about the breed. Um, so yeah, so we're really looking forward to um, uh, next one. Well, Raymond, that's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you about it. It's what a super success story it's been. And uh, yeah, you're doing well out of it. And I'm sure not just you doing well out of it. A lot of other people that have bought into this breed will uh, will do well themselves. So uh, I wish you all the very best with it. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Okay, well, great to have you on the show there, Raymond. Uh, we'll catch up for a beer somewhere round and about, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales. As always, we're grateful to Harbro for their kind sponsorship. At this time of year, when tops are being brought out for shows and sales, why not consider Harbro's clover range of pedigree feeds, including the market-leading Maximon, Kelso, Tup and Lamb? To find out more about Harbro's range of products, visit their website or find them on social media. 
And whilst you're on social media, don't forget to visit our Top Lines and Tales Facebook page where you'll find information and photographs regarding this episode and previous episodes. <laughs>